0: How will you use your time? Our days on earth are numbered. Our time is short, like a vapor or a fleeting shadow. Will you use this time to serve yourself? Or will you use this time to serve God and others? Will you spend your days storing up earthly riches? Or will you store up treasure in heaven where it is eternal? Will you trust in the Lord every day in order that He may make your path straight? Will you seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? How will you use your time?
1: This morning we'll be looking at Psalm 90. You're welcome to turn there in your Bibles this morning. Psalm 90. You know, we we think a lot about life and the really the... The, the brevity of life and how life does just really just buzz by. I'm, I mean, to think that it was just two years ago that Tessa left and that seems like just yesterday. And it's just, wow, two years already. It's hard to believe. And, and yet, as we know, uh, life does just just buzz through. And then Psalm 90, we, we we come to a psalm that kind of helps us uh, grasp that. Moses is the author of this psalm and it's a, and it's a prayer. And some say that this is... Uh, uh, some of the oldest writing in all the Old Testament, right along the lines of, of, of the book of Job. So, so we come here and we look at this psalm and we, we see, and some theologians put this psalm at, at the time when, when Israel was dealing with uh, their emotions and, and, and Kadesh Barnea. And as you remember in the book of Numbers, uh, Israel had uh, left Egypt And they had an opportunity to enter this land that God had promised them, known as Canaan. And God told Moses to uh, send some spies to check out the land. And he sent out how many spies? Twelve. Very good. And ten of those spies come back with a report that said, no, this is a great land, but, you know, they're just too much. I mean, these people were giants. And yet, two of those spies came back with this report. We can conquer this land with God's help. And those two spies we know as Caleb and Joshua. And because of the disobedience of the Israelites, anyone who was 20 and over, with the exception of Caleb and Joshua, would uh, not get to go into this land that God had promised so as you remember your Sunday school and le- lessons as a kid, they wandered for 40 years. And some, as we rehearse that, put this time period of, of what their emotions were at this time. So just a little background for us as we get into this. And, and you know, Caleb's one of those guys who I would have loved to meet, have met. And, and this is what the Bible says about Caleb. My servant Caleb has a different spirit, and he follows me wholeheartedly. We read that in Numbers fourteen, verse twenty-four. And to think, you know, hey, this guy is—I mean, it's just something special about him. He's one of those followers of God who just, you know, is is all in, and 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 he believed the truth that God uh, had put in his heart. So. As we get to this, we summarize this psalm, and this is our introduction. God's people, us, hopefully if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, should evaluate our activities wisely and invest their days in doing what honors God. Using what God has entrusted to us to bring Him honor, to bring Him glory. And, and as we look at this, and as we plow through this psalm this morning, there's three thoughts to it. And the first one is this, we're on a journey and God is our home. We're on a journey, and God is our home. Notice verses 1 and 2, Psalm 90. It says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We read this, and we see the sovereignty of God, the fact that God just is in control of it all. God has every detail planned out for us. Think about this. We're on a planet that is rotating on its axis at 1,000 miles per hour. And like clockwork, it makes one full rotation every 24 hours. In addition to that, the planet Earth is moving around the sun, get this, at speeds approaching 67,000 miles an hour. That's crazy. And we stay on it. I mean, that's how fast we're rolling this morning. And I share that with us because God has every detail figured out, and we need to reflect on that. And Moses is saying, hey, God's my dwelling place. He, he's my safe place. He's my place of security. In fact, the, the idea of the, the, the phrase here, dwelling place, it, it means den. And you think, well, what is, what's that? Well. I don't know about you, but uh, in our house we have a living room and a a bathroom and a kitchen and a couple bedrooms and uh, a den. And boy do I love the den, because you know it's kind of dark. Well, it's not real dark, but, you know, you can go down there and the curtains are closed and people can't really see what you're doing much. Not that I'm trying to hide much because God knows it all. He's sovereign. Uh, but, but the idea is it's that, that safe place. It's that place where we go just to kind of hang out and watch TV and, you know, Heidi, how about bringing me some food? I'm hungry. And you sit in your chair and she gets, you no, know, I sometimes just call her on my cell phone. Hey, babe. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. But, but the idea is it's, it's our place where we can go and, 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 and meet with God, and God meets with us. It's, it's, it's that place. And that's what Moses says. God, you're that den for me. You're that safe place. And, and, and get this, no matter where Moses traveled, God was always with him. God was always his home. And he lived in the Lord, and he knew how to abide in him. God was his place of of strength, his place of comfort and encouragement, and gave him hope for each day's demands. In Exodus, we read this, how he just stayed there, how he could stay in the den. It says this in Moses, Moses used, used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to that tent of meeting outside the camp. And then jump down to verse 11. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses, and get this, face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then Moses would return to the camp, and, and, and then his mentor, Joshua, it says, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. In other words, there was that connection there that took place, that, that place where he would abide with, with the Lord, at that, and we need that place. We need that sanctuary. We talked about that last week some, but abide with me. I love what Jesus tells us in John 15. He's the vine, we're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown, or if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. And then two more verses: If you remain in me, and my words remain in me in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. This is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So again, abiding. Old Testament and New Testament. God's our home. We're to constantly abide. And it gives us great comfort to know that we're safely in his arms. You know, when I think of God being our home, it thinks of growing up in a home of a family of, with, with eight kids and then... Uh, God blessing us as a family with with three kids. We we present. We now have uh, three adult kids. Thankfully, for some reason, they're they're uh, uh, obedient to to the Lord, and it's great to see what God's doing in their lives. And and, and really, we're living out that Ephesians three twenty passage where it says unto him who is able to do above all that we ask or think. I mean, for some reason, God just allows things to just be going close with them as they walk with the Lord. And you know what's cool? We're as dysfunctional as any other family. We're still trying to figure out. But, but you know, we have our challenges. And our oldest son, he lives in Hawaii with his wife, Nicole, and uh, she just turned 35. And And back in January, She was dealing with a lot of infections, and uh, the conclusion was that she needed a a double mastectomy. And she's uh, followed through with that, and through much consultation, and and, uh, uh, in a season now where she's cancer-free, she has uh, used this as as a ministry in her life. And Nicole's a a, a gal who's, uh, she's Hawaiian, and uh, they met in college, and she's really good at putting things into words. And I'd like to share about a four and a half minute video that she put together uh, called Deeper that just kind of helps us as we pull this point together.
0: hidden. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Meander in the middle with me, not quite the dark of night, but it is hard to see. As light dawns, I stand on this side, astounded, astonished, staggering toward understanding. Still, I've spent days, weeks, Months in a barrage of telephone calls and video chats. Assaulted by coordinating, confirming, constructing, consulting for a future, though my past and present are but a vapor. Direction, decisions, detours. Deeper, deeper. Hidden, medicines, a practice. Mammograms and MRIs miss things. Underlying malignancy was all that they could tell me. Hidden. Pokes, prods, pricks, draws, analysis, referrals, second opinions, questions. Why? How? What? Faith. I felt it in my gut. Trust, hazy yet clear cut. Fear, reluctance at the open door. Fright, palpable, deafening uproar. Direction, decisions, detours. Deeper, deeper. The middle, where faith and fear fight for first place, where rest and wrestling wage war and race, the space between dark and light, the dim district only hope can ignite, even if, even still. It's too much, too soon. My grandma died of breast cancer when I was 17. Now I'm to fight this battle at 34? God, please intervene. It's too much, too soon. My sons are only nine, seven, and four. The youngest might not even remember me. God, is this the door? Even if, even still. Strengthened, Daniel 10, 19. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. Surgery, recovery, then pathology. The answer, cancer. The follow-up phone call revealed it all. From that one conversation came the revelation I was specifically diagnosed with and supernaturally delivered from breast cancer. Strengthened. I am whole. Even with these holes that I try to fill, though nothing seems to fit, I am afraid. I fear future complications, future pain, future misfittings, but my God is with me in the middle. It's dawn, not dusk. This gray will not stay. My God reminds me that His presence is in the present, strengthened. Come away and rest. Be still and know. Cast your cares and watch for Him. Direction, decisions, detours, deeper, deeper, deeper into honesty, deeper into hope, deeper into faith, courage, and integrity. On this journey, he is not done, he is not finished, and here in the middle, we are invited to come away and rest, be still and know, cast our cares and watch. For Him. Watch for Him. Deeper. Deeper.
1: You know, I share that with us this morning just to let us know, hey, life is uncertain. And yet, holding on to truth as Nicole's seeking to, as she continues on the journey, we need to let God be God and realize that God is our home, and we're on that journey to Him. And then there's a second thought, too. We're always learning, and life's our school. Life's our school. We, we live near Marion uh, Elementary School, and we hear the bell uh, often when school year's uh, on and you can hear it and, 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 and it's, it's a place where kids learn. And yet going to what the Lord teaches us and what he tells us in his word, that's the place of learning. Moses, as we think of him, he was educated in the best school. The first 40 years of his life, he was uh, trained as an Egyptian and, and really had the best of the best. And then at, at 40, he decided to take matters in his own hands, and, and he, he took another person's life, and then he fled. And then for 40 years, he, he, he was in, in really running. And then at 80, so it's never too late for any of us, 80, God spoke to him through a bush. And God said, hey, you're the guy who is going to lead the Israelites and you're to lead. So, so I, I say that because, you know, one, we're on, in a school and always learning. And some of the things to learn are in this passage. And the first thing is this. In verse 3, it says, you turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals. And, and that's the fact that we are mortal. None of us are, are, are going to live forever this side. And, and, and because of the fall... Life's temporary. We're, we're dirt, and we're going to return to dirt. It's, it, it, it's a fact. We're on a brief span, a brief journey, and God calls us to learn all we can as he, as he puts us through this school of life. Man's mortal. And then God's not affected by time. It says this, too, and this gives us comfort. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. We've never seen a thousand years. But but to God, it's it's like a four-hour period. Or so. It's a watch in the night. And, and there's no way that God's ever affected by time. And yet, we are limited by time. Because in verses 5 and 6, we see, you Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning, and in the morning it springs up new, but in the evening it's dry and withered. So, as we... Realize this, life is, again, limited for, for us. Because of sin, we pay a punishment for our sin. We pay a wage for our sin. And, and life moves quickly. And yet, I, I love what Jesus tells us at the end of, uh, of the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew 7, how we need to be faithful and how we need to build our life on him. And in Matthew 7, it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who hears these words. I'm I'm losing my place here for some reason. My glasses aren't even dirty Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house in the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So I read that because God's eternal will be swept away quickly when he calls us and we take our last breath. And it's, it's very important that we, we, we understand and realize that, that, that it's, it's temporary. It's temporary. It, 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 it's, IT'S LIMITED TO WHAT GOD ALLOWS IN HIS SOVEREIGNTY, and, AND WE'RE TO BE SUCCESSFUL FOLLOWERS OF HIM AND LET OUR LIVES SHINE FOR HIM, BUILD OUR HOUSE ON THE ROCK, JESUS CHRIST, BECAUSE THAT'S A LIFE THAT HONORS HIM. AND THEN THERE'S ONE MORE THOUGHT ON THIS POINT, AND THAT'S THIS, LIFE IS BRIEF, YET GOD JUDGES SIN. LIFE IS BRIEF. And God judges sin. And we see that in verses 7 through 11, as Moses reflects on the experience of this nation and what they had and, 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 and their bad decisions that they made, and it led to this testing and this, this wilderness wandering, and yet we know God's slow to anger, but he does judge sin. And, and his wrath will be directed toward us when there's unbelief. Now i like to hold on to the fact, though, too, that he's given us a way. He's given us a way to to have a relationship with him, and that's through Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. And in verse nine of this section, we read that you know we finish our years sometimes with a moan, and 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 again as as we we read this, we 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 must realize that Jesus must truly be our way. He must truly be our hope. And then verse twelve. I feel like this kind of is really the the whole. Uh, hope of the section of Scripture in Psalm 90 where it says, God, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So using our days wisely, making them count for the Lord is what matters to him. And again, my, my push here this morning then as we read this is, what do we use our time doing? Do we use our time to impact lives to 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 reach into uh, people who are hurting to to offer hope do we number our days wisely as we're challenged with as we put ourselves in this psalm and then there's one last point we're believers in the future is our friend we're believers and the future is our friend, and, and, and what he concludes here, Moses is he, he he makes some 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 requests to the Lord, and again he 's he's, he's representing the nation of Israel, and again they 're in that time where they 're just in rebellion there 's a lot of complaining you know the, the the two spies that gave good report, you know why should we listen to them? The majority want out and, and, and he 's asking the Lord, God, give us compassion. We see the compassion of God, it says, "relent, Lord, how long will you?" Will will this be? Have compassion on your servants. And as he prays here, he, he he's he's saying, God, turn your anger from us. Turn back to your people, and and, and God, give us that favor. That we need. And in Lamentations is a is a great uh lament verse here. It says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. God will, will show compassion. His his compassions never fail. And, and not only does he ask for compassion, he asks for mercy. In verse 14 and 15, it says, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. And it says, Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen trouble. And and the the idea of mercy here is is steadfast love, a, 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 a word that means God's covenant faithfulness to Israel. You know, Beg for mercy. Ask him for mercy. And, you know, I think sometimes we're not merciful people. The further we get away from remembering what we're saved from, I think we we get less and less remembering the compassion and mercy that God showed us. You You know what I think happens sometimes? There's too much mean and not enough mercy. And boy, if we could just remember what we're saved from and, and, and what God has for us. And, and as we think of the, the affliction because of their sin that we see in verse 15, there, there's hope and there's rejo- rejoicing. And, and Moses is praying here. He's praying on behalf of, of his people. And he says, give us the joy and the hope and may God you show that mercy toward us. And First Peter, I love this verse. It's just kind of, I just found it one day. It just kind of sticks out. It says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after, listen, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And the glory of God, as we face suffering at different times, is better. He'll restore and make us strong Firm and steadfast. The mercy of God. And then notice the might of God here in this section. In verse 16 it says, May your deeds be shown to your servants. May your splendor be shown to your children. And and, and what I get from Moses here is a visible display, God. Give us that visible display of your divine power. He wanted his people to know and to to know him up close and and very personally. He wanted them to know that love, that compassion. And and the heart of Moses is here. It's for future. It's for the future generations, in fact. You know, there were six generations from Abraham to Moses. And God had blessed them and guided them. And, and, you know, it makes me think of those who, who, who God's put in our lives to go on before us. They're mentioned in Hebrews 11. Uh, some of us have had the opportunity to have parents and grandparents in our life who have gone on before. You know, I think uh, of, of the great heritage for some reason God blesses with. A praying mom, uh, 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 godly parents uh, on my wife's side. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, just yesterday, uh, my wife's dad took his last breath this side of glory. And, uh, and I think of, of what a legacy he's left for us to, to, to just remember. And, and the prayers that have gone on before us, you know, what I miss most about him being gone is that, you know, we won't get those prayers that he used to offer on our behalf for us and for our kids. And, and yet I, I'm thankful for, for 89 years of faithfulness. And it makes me kind of think, okay, what was that like yesterday morning for dad? You know, I mean, he took his last breath, and it was like, he goes into heaven. And it's like, you know, we've never experienced heaven. Uh, we know what the scriptures say, but, you know, there's, there's reunions. You know, God took uh, mom last March. Uh, you know, I, I wonder my wonder. My, my dad's in heaven. He died when I was a kid. And I wonder if they had a conversation or what that was like. He goes, yeah, you know, your boy married my daughter. I don't know why I let him, but you know, <laughs> seems like it's working out okay. But you know, you kind of, you, what, what was it like? And you know, and yet, did he see Jesus? And, and again, from the scriptures, we know that he had that opportunity to just hear from Jesus. And it's like, I wonder what that was like. And now he has eternity, and we we have that hope that comes on behind us. And and, and you know, as we look at Moses here, the the futility of life, the temporary of of, of, of what life is we have the hope of the future and and, and what what we're, we're challenged with is the world first john two seventeen. the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of god lives forever so do the will of god god's calling us to do that and that, that won't pass away i'm sure moses got discouraged here in fact we hear it in his heart in psalm 90 But you know what? He stayed faithful. And and the favor of God, in verse 17, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. And it says, okay, establish the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. Life's short. Life's brief. And boy, if we could just remember that only what we do for Jesus will last. So as we pull the application together, And as we hopefully draw some conclusions from this psalm, life's brief. And notice what Moses does. He prayed, teach us. Life's difficult. And Moses prayed, satisfy us. Life needs purpose. So Moses prays, establish the work of our hands. You know, it will be worth it all. I love that song. It says, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So gladly run the race till we see Christ. So God's church family this morning, evaluate what we're doing, evaluate our activities, what we're we're investing in, and ask Are we honoring God by how we invest? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, you are so, so good to us. Thank you for the blessings of of truth and the blessings of your word and how your word gives us hope. It gives us direction. And Lord, we're reminded here this morning that, that you are... You have us all in school, and we're all to be learning. And Lord, in spite of that, we maybe don't learn so well sometimes. So I pray, Lord, that we just realize, Lord, that, that we have this great opportunity this morning to just, okay, get back to where you want us to be for you, Lord. Help us realize, Lord, the future, when we know you, the future's our friend, Lord. And, and that gives us great hope as we do this journey that we call life. So Lord, help us number our days wisely, be discerning, be faithful, and finish well what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.